Welcome to the Unapologetic Experience. I'm your host, Jarius, the Unapologetic Geek. And on today's episode, I'm joined by Sergio from Reality Breach as we discuss the insanity of the NBA playoffs, the Anthony Davis trade, NBA free agency, Aaron Rodgers being an asshole, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, and how trash Dark Phoenix was. But before we get to all of that, I have to talk about what has the potential to be the greatest Twitter account of all time. It's been a wild year in celebrity news. I mean, we saw R. Kelly tell us how he doesn't know how to haul type people while looking like someone who definitely knows how to haul type people. And just when things were reaching a fever pitch with Justin Bieber calling out Tom Cruise for a fight that looks like it may happen, OJ Simpson fucking joined Twitter. And it's going almost exactly how we would imagine. I would say OJ has lost his fucking mind, but that wouldn't seem the way he had since to begin with. This account is nothing more than OJ's latest trolling mechanism. In his video announcing his arrival, he said he'd talk about a lot of stuff and answer questions. He knows what everyone is going to ask about and talk about, so this has to be a troll move, right? He got into his first Twitter beef in a matter of days with a parody account where he told the account manager he'd find him and cut him using knife emojis. And when the guy said, just like you did Nicole, OJ told him, you're next. The true story is often better than anything Hollywood can come up with, and I'm convinced no Hollywood writer can come up with anything this absurd. A good friend of mine says he thinks OJ suffers from CTE. While some of his behavior certainly points to that, I think OJ is just a man whose ego surpasses our understanding. I also believe he's a man who's addicted to the spotlight while possessing a conscience so guilty he won't allow himself to find peace. OJ Simpson has and will forever be the funniest, most demented train wreck in the history of American sports. And you can bet your ass I'm following that damn Twitter account. Before I get into the show, I just want you to know today's show is brought to you by the Morrison James Company. The Morrison James Company sells quality paper products that includes free writing notebooks, lined notebooks, and several log books. I'll have more details on how you can score these products while using a special offer later in the show. But without further ado, here we go. And joining me now is my good friend Sergio from Reality Breach. Sergio, tell the people what's up. Hey, hey. All right, man, let's get right into it. The we have NBA, a lot to talk about. A whole lot to talk about. The NBA playoffs have come and gone, and the emergence of Kawhi Leonard as what may be uh, uh, the playoff, just the playoff reincarnation of Michael Jordan is upon us. And I love like how these when he he went insane in the playoffs. By the way, like he was fifty percent shooting at one point for the entirety of the playoffs. He was just taking over games, and it's funny because we spent the better part of the 2018-2019 NBA season discussing who's the best player in the league between Kevin Durant, Giannis, and uh, Sakupo, and LeBron James, and the guy that. It's like people forgot how good Kawhi was before the whole, um, the whole. I think it was a quadricep injury or something he had. People forgot mm-hmm. how great he was before that injury, and they kind of wrote him off because he decided to take a year off and get healthy. Even though people questioned, you know, whether he was injured or not, he took that year off, got healthy, and came back and won a championship with a team that just got swept by LeBron James the year prior. 
So that was the biggest takeaway for me in the playoffs. What about you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like Kawhi had already proven that he was a great player, obviously. Uh, but I, this felt like a coming out party for him. Yeah, definitely. This, a was, great this was the first time that he carried the entire <laughs> team, you know, because the Spurs, they had the big three and then Kawhi Leonard. Right. And this someone, was just the Kawhi show. Yeah, someone brought that up. They say, well, technically, Kawhi won against. Uh, the Miami team with what could be considered a super team. It was that was a very good team. You had Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and Tony Parker when they could still produce, along with Kawhi Leonard, who who played effective defense on LeBron James for that entire series. And a lot of people forgot that he's won the championship, and he was Finals MVP during that situation. And uh, and now that he's matured and he's a, a better player than. Uh, what was that about three or four years ago when he won that one? Now that he's a better player, it's like we're seeing. And I, I'm one of the people that never thought of him as anything less than a top five player. The two years after he won that first championship, I never thought of him as anything less than a top five player. And that's why it's kind of surprising to me for other people to be like, "Who is this guy?" Like it's, <laughs> it's like he, he's he's the claw. He's a badass in his own right. And it, when he just was taking over games, the, the Philadelphia series mainly comes to mind. If you look in the fourth quarter when those games were close, all of his teammates just deferred to him. Even if he wanted yeah, to give yeah. somebody else a shot, they just passed it right back to him and like, we don't know what to do. <laughs> so in that sense, as a leader, it was his coming out party. I agree with that. And... One thing you saw was as the playoffs progressed, you saw other players get more confident, and that was a big deal to me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I felt like as the as the playoffs went went along, mm-hmm. uh, Toronto specifically got really good at playing their opponent. Yes, instead absolutely. of just playing good basketball or playing well <laughs> as a team. By the end of the finals, they had a Golden State's number. Yeah, they did. They were beating Golden State's ass. And some people wanted to say, well, there was the injuries, and and in which, you know, that plays a part because that one game Kevin Durant was there, Durant was going to go for 50 that night. I'm convinced. <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced he was about to drop 50 on him easily. And yeah, he was only in for, like, what, six minutes? No, it was – I want to say he had 11 points – Maybe 16 minutes. I know he went down in the second quarter. Was it the second quarter? Okay. Yeah. yeah. But he was he was busting their ass straight up. And then you had the Clay. Now look, Clay Thompson was going to force it to Game Seven. If Clay Thompson stays in in um, Game Six, he's forcing Game Seven. He had 30 points, and that was in the he got injured in the third quarter, I believe. No. Either the third quarter, like at the beginning of the third quarter or the end of the second one of them. And, yeah, he was going to – he was probably going to drop 50. <laughs> I know I just said that for Kevin Durant, but <laughs> those are two 50-point performances that the Raptors were able to avoid due to injury. And I give part of that win, the Toronto win, to that. But at the same time, Toronto has been a solid team all year. It's just because they're in Canada no one paid attention. Yeah, yeah, and, and and actually, I think the last time we spoke on podcast about 
basketball, mm-hmm. you had thrown like we we're talking about who was going to win the finals this year. And I think you threw out there, oh, the, the Raptors are going to be good. Yeah. And I was like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I, I got some uh, other guys, uh, Aaron and Leslie, I do off topic with them. We had a conversation on another episode of that podcast. I brought it up. I said the people, the team that everyone really needs to look out for, and they're kind of sneaky good, but nobody. Again, I said it. Nobody's paying attention to them because they're in Canada. Is the Kawhi Leonard led Raptors, and if I'm not mistaken, they had the second best record in the entire NBA. Nobody knows yes. it. Yeah, yeah. And well, and 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 like I was writing them off because of Kawhi. Like he, he, he you know, he had taken an entire year off to rehab. Who knows what he comes back looking That's like? Fair. Who knows what he's going to look like playing for a different coach? This he he was thrown up to Canada as as like <laughs> it's like fine you don't want to play here we'll go play in another country we don't need you and it, it's just really good to see that he came out of that entire situation on top he did yeah when he went into the year with a lot of question marks and he came out of the year looking like possibly the most coveted free agent uh, starting july one and uh, i would say yes yeah and, and the yeah. only reason he's the most coveted and let's make no mistake about it it's because of the uh the question marks surrounding kevin durant now is why he's number one. Oh yeah absolutely the, in- but, the injuries are are what Make make him number one. Yeah, and, but if Kevin Durant was around, he's still number two <laughs> easily. <laughs> um, but at one analogy that I always go back to with the Golden State Warriors is like when LeBron James in 2016 when they won that finals, it was like uh, the end of Avengers, <laughs> and when Thanos they panned over to show Thanos during the uh, post credit scenes on the first Avengers. I, that was the equivalent of Kevin Durant siding with the Golden State Warriors for me. All right, mm-hmm. based on that analogy, Kawhi Leonard beating the Golden State Warriors is Avengers Endgame. That's where we are. This is the whole movie. <laughs> just, it, it's the whole <laughs> series is finally over, and now, just like in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe, we have to see what's next. What are, what do we have to look forward to uh, coming ahead? And free agency. I mean, July first, when everybody uh, starts signing with their prospective teams, that's going to be crazy. But the Lakers got a jump start on it and made a trade for. Um, yeah. Now, before <sighs> I give you my take on this, and just hearing your sigh, you probably feel the same <laughs> way I do. Go ahead and let me know what you think about the Anthony Davis trade. Okay. Okay. I, like, I have to look at the thing holistically, like, start to finish. Mm-hmm. I forget. Do you cuss on this show? Yeah, you cuss Absolutely. on this show. It, this entire thing was a clusterfuck from the start. Yes. Like, him wanting out of New Orleans was insulting in and of itself. <laughs> and then the fiasco last year with the Lakers and then New Orleans completely hanging the Lakers out to dry. Yeah. I absolutely loved. I did too. You know, going into free agency and going into to, to, you know, the off season, my assumption was, you know, Gail Benson and, and crew were just going to be like, fuck them. Yeah. We'll trade them in February. 
you know, right right before the, the trade deadline, try yep. to get some time with you know Zion and and uh, and AD. Maybe they mesh. Maybe he wants to sit, stay. No, no. You know what? As a Pelicans fan, <laughs> I'm fucking stoked, man. I'm fucking stoked that we robbed the Lakers. Yeah, you you guys because got this a is lot what's going to happen next year. Anthony Davis is going to. He's either going to have a great year or he's going to get injured. Either way, they're not winning the winning the finals. All right, so my take is not as jaded, but <laughs> but it is say. it is similar. AD is a great player. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying AD sucks. I'm saying I don't know what the big deal is. AD. I saw him with the Pelicans. He made the playoffs, what, one time? And I think that was last year. I think it was last year. I know. I think they made it twice. Yeah, no, they made it a few times. He just didn't win a series until last year. Right. That's what it was. All right. He didn't win a series until last year. I've seen him semi-take over games. Defensively, he's stout. Like, there's there's no question of how great he is on defense. Yeah, he was an MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking and I'm like, he is a little injury prone. He is good for missing a couple of games at crucial points in the season. And we do have to see how he meshes with LeBron James. And people are saying, well, he's perfect for LeBron's play style. Well, you know who else they said was perfect for LeBron's play style? They said Chris Bosh was. <laughs> and Chris Bosh took some some steps back when LeBron and he were playing together. Because he had to defer to LeBron because LeBron is ball dominant. I'm not saying AD is ball dominant. That's just not the case. But everybody, Kevin Love, uh, well, Kyrie Irving was perfect because Kyrie Irving doesn't give a fuck. He's going to shoot the ball when he wants to shoot the ball. <laughs> but uh, Wade had to had to kind of um, concede to LeBron when they played together. And just players just have to kind of take a step back. That's not an indictment against LeBron. It's just... That's just what it is. And he's going to be solid. Kuzma probably is going to bail that team out quite a bit because people are kind of underestimating how great of a scorer he is. But Mm -hmm. if you look at what they gave up, and I don't care about Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball averaged 10 points a game, like for his career. That's not a big deal. Ingram showed flashes of greatness, but you have to remember all of those guys are young. And the Pelicans got those guys, as they're figuring the game out, they're going to get Zion coming in, assuming that he doesn't you know, pull a Peyton Manning or something and wants to get out of there. They're going to have Zion coming in. You have a solid coach in Alvin Gentry. They're going to be interesting to watch. But for the Lakers, they're pushing all their chips to the middle of the table with this. And they're uh, a LeBron aggravated growing or a sprained ankle for Anthony Davis from imploding. Yes, absolutely. Either one absolutely. of those and things happens, they get buried. The front office and everybody get buried. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Like LeBron, LeBron James has been a model of of health for how many years? He's what seventeen, 17 years and before? a half years before he had his first significant injury. He he's old. Yeah. I, I, I hate to put it that way. I love LeBron James. <laughs> Me too. But he's old. And Anthony Davis, as you said, is injury prone. There's only been, let's see, he only's 
the, the most games he's played in a season is 75. Yeah. And that's even though it's an 82 game se- uh, season, and when he missed time, his teams all took a step back. And yeah. LeBron can only do so much, especially now that some of the young players that play well with him. I just criticized Lonzo Ball, but honestly, when Lonzo and LeBron were on the floor, Lonzo made up for LeBron's defensive um, deficiencies. He really did. And people are going to see that in in situations where they substitute um, like AD out and LeBron is one of the main defenders, they're going to see that. But if this doesn't work out, and LeBron has three years left on this contract, do you remember when Dwight Howard and Kobe Bryant played together? I do not. Everybody assumed that they were a championship team because they had those two together. This whole situation is eerily similar to that. <laughs> eerily similar. And I'm not saying that they're going to turn on each other, but I'm not saying it's outside of the realm of possibility. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, Anthony Davis is arguably the best person he's been paired with his career in in his career i would go with Dwayne wade but Dwayne wade was kind of on the class so yeah i can i can see that because Kyrie, Kyrie is right there he really is yeah and like i said they they were perfect together with their play styles um but yeah I, it's it's the number one storyline for me it's going to be the lakers next year because we got to see if they can do anything better now that the scapegoat or the self-proclaimed scapegoat of Magic Johnson is gone, who never should have had that fucking job in the first place, by the way. Oh, no. (laughs) Now that he's gone, it's all on the front office and because I think it's on the front office and LeBron James because LeBron wanted that trade too. LeBron has always wanted AD. They were rumoring AD coming to the Lakers before LeBron even signed with the Lakers. And that was because everyone knew LeBron was going there. Well, he signed with Clutch, and Clutch is like, isn't like the head of Clutch like LeBron's LeBron James' friend. childhood friend? By the way, I'm glad you brought that up. Is that not the greatest workaround of collusion of all time? <laughs> You're telling me your best friend, you and your best friend don't conspire together to get who you want on the team? It's the best, and I have no problem with it. I I don't have an issue with how LeBron conducts business or how Rich Paul conducts business. I think it's funny because we know shady shit goes on in the NBA all the time, but it's openly shady and no one can do anything about it because it's not violating any rules. Right, right. I think that's awesome. But but let's talk about about the, 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 the Pelicans robbing the Lakers. Absolutely. Go ahead. Like, not only did they get three young prospects. Yep. But they also got three, and I think they're unprotected. Yeah, they are. First round picks. Yep. In the next three, including this week's, like, number four pick. Yep. They got all of that. It's a, it's a classic Dan, Danny Ainge bait and switch. Is what they got. It's the classic Danny Ainge pressures. But yeah, and 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 the thing is, is why? What? Like, why were they <laughs> able to get so much? Who else was going to offer them close to that? Be- 
Nobody. You, there you is not another funny? team prepared to offer that. It's funny when you find out that Boston turned it down because they didn't want to give up one player. By the way, the funny part about that is, guess who could have had Dwight Howard? I mean, not Dwight Howard, Kawhi Leonard. Who's the that? Fucking Celtics. All they had to do was give up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and he would have been in Boston, and Boston definitely would have won the title. Well. Oh my God. Yeah. So huh. Danny, Danny H is, it seems like he's so smart, he's outsmarted himself. <laughs> I, I, I guess, or, or or maybe like two of those first round draft picks were just like uh, like apologies for the collusion. You know, <laughs> who knows, man? But yeah, it's funny that they were able to get so much for AD. And AD again is a, a great player, but did they overpay? Hell yeah! I'm surprised they did. They got them to not throw in Kuzma because it's almost like the Lakers just. Look, do you want this guy? Take him, please. <laughs> and, and what they and people are saying, you know, they need to get another superstar there. And I'm about to get deeper into that in just a second. They're saying that they should get another superstar there, but I'm seeing some solid uh, kind of role player type players that they can get and just develop a bench and pieces to go around LeBron. Don't focus on getting a third superstar. To me, that's what I think that they should do. But yeah, they need shooters. Yeah, exactly. That's all they needed are shooters. But the funny thing that I'm hearing now is, is that um, the biggest whiner in basketball wants to join the Lakers. You know who that is? Wait, the biggest whiner? It's not. Is it? It's uh, no. I, who is it? He's constantly pouting and acting like a child, and that is Chris Paul. <laughs> okay. All right. Is he not the most disgruntled man in NBA in the NBA? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like. Have you seen that uh, video? It's a video montage of him mocking players when they turn their backs on the court. Really? Yes, I posted it on the Unapologetic Geek. <laughs> it's um, it's several little videos like he does it to Steph Curry like when Steph Curry makes a joke and turns around and he kind of you know that face like you're mocking somebody he does it uh-huh. to a referee a coach and he does it to Steph Curry and a couple other guys he just when when a foul hasn't been called or something it's the way he throws his arms in the air this shit drives me insane when I oh, see him no. and the reports are coming out that he and James Harden are no longer getting along. They're saying that he would tell James Harden, you know, you need to get more of an effort on defense. And then James would respond by saying, well, you can't even guard your man, so why are you talking to me? And these are the exchanges that are happening during practice, in huddles. Uh, Mm. Yeah, like these are on the court even. Gosh, I wonder why Houston hasn't won a championship. But there were always a combustible element. The moment I saw Chris Paul go to Houston, I said, that's not going to work. It took longer than I thought, but it's not going to work. <laughs> the thing, it's Chris, thing is, Chris Paul is getting too old to be that guy. Chris Paul is getting too old to be the guy who's like, I'm going to throw my weight around and yeah. I'm going to go where I want to go. Yeah, no, that's, that's not. And he's not even that big of a scoring threat. Like, he's solid on offense, but. Oh man, hell no! Well, he's gonna open his mouth too wide and end up in Orlando. All right, that's what's gonna happen. But 
I could, <laughs> I could see the NBA stepping in and sending his ass right on to the LA. And if they get Chris Paul, they're definitely not winning the championship. Because Chris Paul is one of those guys that does not think he's the problem. Remember when he went to the Clippers and everybody was like Lob City and all this kind of stuff? And then he got into it with whom? Blake Griffin. They shipped mm-hmm. his ass out of there to Houston, and now who he's gotten into it with? James Harden. They're going to ship him over there, and they think it's going to work because he and LeBron James are best friends, the Banana Boat crew, and all that shit. The moment they don't get it done, the moment a team in the West surprises them and eliminates them from the playoffs, it's going to implode. Yeah, yeah. Like, th- them them even making the playoffs is still not even a proven thing. Nope. Not no, at all. Like, they, got, they, they have two of the best players in the world. Congratulations. You still have a lot of work to do. Yeah. It's, that's, and, and, uh, people are calling them a super team and all of this shit. Look, there's only one super team in the history of the NBA, and we just saw them lose because two of their stars were out. Yep. They're the only certified super team because that, especially the one that won the championship last year, I've said this in conversations with you before about the NBA. It's one thing to beat them once, but when you're asked to beat that that team when healthy four times is impossible. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's especially with uh, what's the coach? Um, Steve Kerr. Yeah, like Steve Kerr is a great, great coach. And a lot of people, anybody can win with that talent. No, no, they can't. Because at that point, you're managing the egos. It's not about X's and O's anymore. You have to get these guys to play together. And the way that they play so unselfishly, I saw them get a 24-hour shot clock violation because they made an extra pass. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what's that all about? But, um, yeah, the NBA season, the way it ended, the, uh, the AD trade, all of that, is uh, interesting stuff. I can't wait to see where everybody ends up. I would like for Kawhi to either stay in Toronto or end up with the Clippers because it would be hilarious if the Clippers win the championship before yeah, the Lakers. Yeah. But <laughs> and, and 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 that move could do it. Yeah, yeah, because that team is solid on defense. Yeah, it is, and of course, Kawhi has all the defensive prowess. Uh, what are the chances he stays in Toronto? High. Very high, because you don't just walk into a championship team every day. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you like like okay? So so they win. The, do, do you do? You, does he sign a one year? That's what I've heard. A one as, as just like a yeah. like a let's let's have a, let's have a one year party as the champs. Yeah, and then I'm leaving. Yeah, either that or like what what is KD's uh, his two years the two years he's played with uh, since that first year that he played with. Golden State, I believe he had an opt-out option after both of those years. And then it, it was essentially a two-year deal, but you could opt out after one. Yeah, He just kept staying. So I can see him doing that, or what they call a one-and-one. Okay, okay. Yeah. What? A, okay, actually, this is a good exercise. I got a, I got a few other ones. Where do you think Durant goes? I, I know it's probably going to be a long time before we see him play again. Mm-hmm. Uh he probably won't touch a court next year. Absolutely not. It's no but way. Where do you, where does he land? Before his Achilles snapped, he was going to New York. There was no doubt in my mind he was going to New York. Afterwards, I think he stays. Because in an odd way, 
the tragedy of seeing him go down like that brought them mm-hmm. together. And one thing, one thing that really brings people together, and I know this is going to sound philosophical, but it's true. One thing that brings people together is tragedy. And seeing something happen to someone, even though you hate them, but it, it kind of puts that hate in perspective. Like, I hate him because he broke the NBA. I don't hate him because he kicked a, a dog or something like that. And at that point, when you see him go down, you kind of appreciate how great he is, and it, it gives you some sympathy for him. Well, throughout the year, the uh, the Warriors had had a lot of um, issues, internal issues. And we saw that kind of bubble up when Draymond and, and KD got into it. And yeah. the feeling was, we'll be happy when this guy's out of here. But when he went down with the injury, I saw everything turn. Clay started speaking differently on him. Steph Curry, who really doesn't say a lot, um, he says, you know, he says some things throughout the year when everything is going well, but when things are going bad, he's the quietest at that point. He even spoke up, and then, of course, Draymond came back and was like, yeah, we definitely need that guy. It's like everybody, all the, the issues were mended in that moment, and I think because of it, it's going to carry over to not only uh, Clay Thompson's stand, but also KD's stand. So, yeah, he stays. He Both of them are going to get the max because apparently going to a new Stadium gets you a lot more money. So both of those guys are going to get the max, and I think they bring that together and they run it back, and in two years they just start kicking everybody's ass again. This is my prediction. Wow. I have a very different opinion on, on, on that. Go ahead. Because I, I think whether or not he stays in Golden State, I, I think has to do with how he feels about the medical staff. They can easily they can easily be fixed. You just come here one day and say, "Oh, we getting these guys the fuck out of here." Because because if they cleared him to play in that game, which was trash for them to do, like two days earlier, he wasn't cleared to play more than ten minutes. Right. What's crazy about that is, so this was the damning part when they said the worst you can do is strain the calf again. Mm-hmm. No, that yeah. he clearly was not healed yet. Right, clearly. Like th- there were there were rumors that he was going to miss the entire you know playoffs. Yeah. and possibly into the next season. Right, and then on just that calf injury. So if he feels that Golden State threw him under the bus trying to you know win a championship, mm-hmm. I can totally see him leaving. And Golden State strategically put all of it on the medical staff. Every time we heard a report, it led with the medical staff says he can't play in this game. The medical staff says this and that. And then that's who's got thrown under the bus when it all was said and done. If you can talk to him, say, look, we fired the medical staff. We're sorry for what we did. And basically come to him on bended knee. (laughs) please (laughs) please come back and let's run this shit back I think he does it I really I I really think he does it because I mean let's let's be honest who wants to go to the fucking Knicks now well he can go anywhere he wants yeah he could but they're still the Knicks they're still the Knicks he can go anywhere he wants but uh Kyrie going to Brooklyn I thought that's that's funny that's very funny to me. Like, he's one. If he was 
if he wasn't a fucking space cadet, he would go over <laughs> to L.A. and play with LeBron again. Word on the street is he he's open to reuniting with LeBron, but LeBron has not expressed that same sentiment. That's what I'm what I've heard on like ESPN and these other outlets. And so yeah, that's that's a done deal. Uh, but like I said, the NBA where we're going with everything and, and how the year played out, especially the finals. Everything shifted when KD went down. I'm excited to see uh, next year how it goes. For my writers, artists, sketches, and note takers, I have a question. How often do you find yourself wishing you had something like really nice and smooth to write your notes down or draw or write your stories down on? As a fellow artiste, I enjoy a nice notebook or journal for my ideas to lay upon. I found this black-owned paper goods shop called Morrison James Shop Online. They have free writing notebooks, draft notes, line notebooks called stack notes, and log books like recipe log books, travel logs and even log books for my book club peeps the paper is thick and smooth because they are all about the writing experience don't go in thinking that this is something for office products or stationery we're talking about paper goods meant for your creative experience all the items are handcrafted and most are even hand bound not to mention they're adding more and more items by the week Go check them out now at MorrisonJamesShop.com. That's M-O-R-R-I-S-O-N, JamesShop.com. And use the code GEEKEDOUT. That's G-E-E-K-E-D-O-U-T. And get 15% off your order. But now that that's over, the NFL... Is oh, okay. yeah, it's gonna be upon us very quickly, and this whole thing about where Aaron Rodgers, when they, the coach says that the the offense is going to be more run oriented, and Aaron Rodgers is like, in so many words, says I'm the quarterback and I'm gonna call pass plays if I want to. <laughs> He's like, the fuck it is, dude. Right, exactly. <laughs> I can't wait for the Oakland Raiders or the Las Vegas Raiders, the uh, Cleveland Browns. And the Green Bay Packers, I can't wait for all those teams to get on the field. Because it's drama. Those are the teams yeah. that get me through the season before I start taking it really seriously during the playoffs. And Aaron Rodgers saying that shit, I'm going to make a This is really the only reason I'm talking about the NFL. I'm saying it right now. People are going to see Aaron Rodgers, even though he's going to still have a great season. And they're going to come to the realization that he's an asshole. I don't think that's like, I don't think that's a secret. No, it's going to be like, he's a real asshole. <laughs> like to the detriment <laughs> of his team. Like people say, oh yeah, he's cocky. Not like a Michael Jordan asshole. No, nah, he's like that the type. It's like a Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> that's what I see with him. <laughs> and I just, what a weird insult. Like you're an asshole. Not like a Michael Jordan asshole. More yeah. like a Ben Roethlisberger yeah. asshole. Yeah, you're going to get rings. You're going to be, hey, be successful. And I really just wanted to say that, man. Like, I really don't have a lot of in-depth NFL coverage to go through, but I saw it on my way to getting ready for this podcast. I just wanted to say Aaron Rodgers is about to get exposed. I've been on this train, and I'm going to stay on it. Mm. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Screw Aaron Rodgers, man. One more thing. <laughs> I know you love video games. I do yep. too. How did you feel about E3? Um, like I'm uh, excited about where video games are going. Uh, this E3 didn't really tell me much. It didn't. <laughs> like, it really didn't. I, I, like I'm a big fan of what Microsoft is doing. Like, you know, buying up a bunch of studios, um, investing in the future, allowing you to play games the way that you want to play them, where you want to play them. Mm-hmm. Like, th- that that whole initiative is the future of video games, and Sony needs to catch the fuck up. I agree. However, <laughs> when it comes to first-party stuff, they still aren't showing they much of shit. still don't show shit. But they, they just bought a lot of the, the you know, the, the, like they just bought Double Fine. Like Double Fine, a, anything that is a Microsoft production from Double Fine, it will not be on this generation of consoles. Yeah. And the details they released about the new console, it, it was basically just smart people talking in front of computer chips. And right, show me some shit. That's yeah, what it comes so I don't even to. know why they said anything. They, like, they could have easily waited till later in the year or even next year. It was predictable. Before it even came around, I said, watch, they're going to show Halo, and then they're going to show Gears of War, a new Gears of War game. And that's exactly what they did. That's exactly what they did last year. Exactly. (laughs) One thing I've always... Go ahead. There were good games at, like, like they had a good press conference. I'm not not trying to, like, throw them under the bus completely. It's just, we already know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Where are the surprises? Just, just fucking do it. Like, get to the point. Do it. Show us that you're serious about this whole future thing, and take your market share back. This is what I feel about Microsoft, and I thought this from the moment it was announced. Even though I was pretty young, I couldn't put it in perspective when I was younger when the original Xbox was announced, and it really didn't hit me until this conference. Microsoft, the the Xbox was made by a bunch of smart people who were more focused on making a more powerful system and forgot that it's a video game system. (laughs) That's the best way to describe it. And they improved when the Xbox 360 came out. They improved and they did shift to games. But with the Xbox One, they went right back to that same shit. I tell people all the time, the more powerful system is the Xbox One X. It doesn't yeah. matter. It no, doesn't it doesn't matter. matter. Like the, the Sony is has been killing it on on exclusives for that damn near what twenty five years now. Dude, Sony Sony hurt them bad with God of War in the beginning of the year last year, and then Spider Man at the end. That's a one. That's devastating. Yeah, and, and especially when you go on Twitter and you see Xbox fans like. Damn, I wish I could play that Spider-Man game. Like they, they were cool with not being able to play God of War. Spider-Man hurt. <laughs> it hurt a lot. <laughs> and then it would have been different if it bombed. It's a great game. Oh yeah, yeah. Like bo- both of those games are great games. Yeah, and, and we ran both of them with Game of the Year candidates, which is also crazy. Uh, but as far as as I'm concerned, I vaguely remember a couple things from. Uh, the Nintendo Nintendo conference, it was so. Oh, but I know what's been pissing me off. 
Marvel Ultimate Alliance being exclusive to the Nintendo Switch makes me so angry. <laughs> it makes me unreasonably pissed when the I hear that. The only reason the game exists is because of Nintendo. I understand like, you're not allowed that. to be angry. Yes, like, I am. Yes, I am. No, you're not. No. When you have a game, first of all, it happened to X-Men Legends 1 and 2, and then we got Ultimate Alliance as a spinoff out of that, and then it just stopped for a while. And I understand Nintendo made the game happen, just like they made Bayonetta 2 happen. But it's not fair. (laughs) It's not fair. It's not fair for that game to be on just that system, and it's, it's... Almost, it almost makes me want to buy a Switch before it goes down to like one hundred dollars. <laughs> it almost makes me want to buy one now. And you should, you should get a Switch. A Switch is a good console. It's got I, some good games. I, I'll check. I have to check it out now because I want to, the geek in me wants to play that game so badly. And I'm fine with the Avengers game that's coming out from um, Square, Square Enix. Yeah. I'm fine with that. It, it, mainly because Crystal Dynamics is developing it. And they, they always do a great job. Can I talk about that game for a second? Absolutely. I, I, I'm at your way. Go ahead. Just just like Microsoft. Like, how do you end your press conference on what's supposed to be a showstopper and then not show us shit? Yeah, they did. Like, I don't need to see a roundtable interview with the voice cast. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't, that that doesn't weird. do anything for me. <laughs> that was weird. Why are you giving up in the little bit? Was that gameplay? Were, were we supposed to believe that was gameplay and that the uh, anytime the camera was behind them and they was doing stuff? I, I don't know. It, it was hard to discern what was, was gameplay and what it wasn't. It, uh, honestly, I feel like Crystal D was like, oh, you mean we're debuting this year? Yeah, right. We oh, don't shit. have more um, time. Let's um, – we'll, We'll we'll get you something. We'll get you something. Yeah. And then like a week later, their video was due. Like, and that game comes out in less than a year. By the way, it comes out May twenty twenty. And I don't know anything about it. Not a not a goddamn thing. But you know what? I know Baker and Nolan North really like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all I got as far as that. But you know what else we don't really know a lot about? But people are fake excited for it. Death Stranding. <laughs> oh, God. I have no patience for that nonsense. That trailer for Death Stranding that was eight minutes and told me nothing about that game was absurd. And when I went to the comments, I knew when I was scrolling down, people going to act like this is the greatest shit ever. And lo and behold, mm-hmm. nobody knows what it is. The monsters are creepy, though. I give them that. The, whatever those invisible things is the are that uh walk on their hands, that shit freaked me out. But I don't want that damn game, man. <laughs> I don't want that game anyway. Yeah, like it's 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 Kojima, not tied down to Metal Gear, and I I, I feel like it's going to be just a, a, an eight hour long movie with quick time events. But what I wish would have happened was. I wish he would have stayed at Konami long enough to release Silent Hills because that looked cool. Yeah. That looked really cool and I I, I want to see what he would do with a horror game. But now he's going to give us a game about bringing people together and all that shit and I don't know what it's about and I don't want it. 
I, I flat out do not want that game. Give me another Resident <laughs> Evil or something like that. But don't give me that. <laughs> don't give me that. But I tell you what, I'm very excited about the remake for Final Fantasy Seven. Which, which, like, th- that's the one thing I can say about this entire E3. Too much Japanese shit. <laughs> Wait, whoa! Just across the board, just too much anime stuff. Too <laughs> like seventy-five percent of the oh yeah, that's right. Dragon Ball Z did debut. <laughs> yeah, like seventy-five percent of the Nintendo press conference was anime shit. Sony had or, or um, Square Enix had like a twenty-five-minute presentation on fa- Final Fantasy garbage. Like, Damn, I don't garbage? care. <laughs> Oh wow, he called it garbage. We I just, don't care that you're bringing Panzer Dragoon back. Like, congratulations. Why is Panzer Dragoon coming back? I, what, I don't know. What I is know. happening? Just what is happening there? When I, that's now that pisses me off about Nintendo too. It just rests on the laurels of old shit. They don't need but, to come up with anything else, especially with Pokemon running around here. Like. Microsoft announced that Fantasy Star Online 2 Yeah, that's ridiculous was, it was, It's coming to Xbox One How old is that game? Uh, I can say it's at least 20 years <laughs> 20 years old, unequivocally Like, it's, it's legit The game has legit been out like 8 years yeah. Like, Well, anyway uh, It was one more game I didn't want to break up Oh, when is Sony doing that thing? Um, I don't know. I don't. I think they did. They, they did something before, right? Yeah, they had like a standalone show, and that was the show where they debuted. Uh, I want to say no, that was E3 still, where they debuted Resident Evil Two, the remake. Uh no, I don't know. I don't know. And then they had Spider Man gameplay. Uh, I yeah. think that was, yeah, that, it was that, that was E3. that was E3. That was E3. Okay, but. I, I don't expect them to do it, to say anything until later this year when they have something to say about uh, something official to say about the PS5. We'll see. When is every, uh, every, everything that they all the games that they have planned? We already know about. Like the, the stuff for PS4, we already know everything. They don't have any new announcements for PS4. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true, and it's what I think. Yeah, I think they are going to do something like unveil the PS5, even though they, it'll be like Xbox's new whatever. And they won't really have a lot to show, but they're going to unveil it and just give us some of the tease. But, I mean, I think I think uh, Sony plans on getting about two or three more years out of the PS4. No, 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 no. Like, so you think it's time to move on? I don't. I don't think it's time to move on. I think oh, they're gotcha. they're wanting, but because technologically speaking, the PS4 is a dinosaur. Hell yeah, that shit came out a long time ago, man. Somebody somebody brought it up to me how old it was. I was baffled. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, one last thing. Tell me how you feel. I heard some of it on your podcast. Tell me how you felt about uh, <laughs> X Men: Dark Phoenix. Uh, uh, that that movie, man. <laughs> it's 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 it, like I I hate that I paid money to see it. <laughs> yeah, like have you have you ever felt like you were robbed? 
Yes. I can give you a specific movie I felt like I was robbed on. It's a movie called Sorry to Bother You, and to date, since I launched uh, The Unapologetic Geek, it has the lowest score I've ever given a movie. Wow. Yeah. It's yeah. a zero out of yeah. five, so I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. Giving this a zero out of five would justify its existence. <laughs> I gotta watch it. I I want to watch it based on how bad you said it was. I thought it was going to be bad. I went in knowing, let's watch this shit show, and it was way worse than I had even imagined it would be. It's it's it sounds to me like they're happy that they don't have to do this shit anymore and Disney can just take over it and fix it which is what I'm excited about yes yes like if a movie has ever felt phoned in it was this one like I, I listen to, to like our most recent episode of Reality Breached if you, if you want my full walkthrough on it they didn't even make the old people look old I guess like Magneto is supposed to be like 60-something years old, and Michael Fassbender looks like a 32-year-old supermodel. And you know, it didn't register to me that how old they were supposed to be until I saw an article. And they're saying, didn't uh, First Class took place in the 60s, right? Yep. Oh, uh, Days of Future Fast is the 70s, Apocalypse yep. the 80s, and this one is the 90s, and none of them have aged. And if, if one thing was missing from Michael Fassbender's Magneto, it's the it's the silver hair. Yes. Why have you not done it? I I, I who's a director of that shit movie? <laughs> I think Simon Kinberg. I think his name. I think so. Yeah. I blame him just across the board. Like those movies were decent before he got in got a hold of them. Wow. Yeah, because he's yeah he did. Was pretty good. He did Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix. Yeah, he's garbage. He is garbage. But anyway, man, tell the people where they can find you. You can find me on Reality Breached. I am what colloquially – I'm colloquially known as the Reality Breached guy. <laughs> uh, I host the show. I, I, I release the shows. I, I post everything. I, I'm the guy who does all this stuff. Um, but go to realitybreach.com. Uh, we have podcasts about video games. We have podcasts about movies. Uh, basically, just nerd stuff. It's where you'll find the unapologetic experience. Yeah. Huh? Huh? yeah. Uh, and the Black Pocket Podcast. And our, our, our newest, uh, or our next to newest, uh, is the uh, Shellheads Podcast, which is all about Ninja Turtle shit. Yeah, Ninja Turtle shit is always awesome. As much as I love reality breached and doing the you know the regular podcast i love talking about ninja turtles, huh. ninja turtles so that's great. that one is fun you can check us out we can get we're on all podcast apps we're on you know itunes uh spotify stitcher um <clears throat> and you can follow us on facebook and twitter awesome awesome man thank you for coming on you're always always a good time you know you're always welcome all that kind of stuff to my audience, stick around. I got a couple more things to uh, take care of, and I'll see you. All right. Have fun.
Hey guys, it's Sergio from Reality Breached. We've got a bunch of different podcasts over on our network at realitybreached.com, and one of my favorites is Shellheads, a TMNT podcast. Shellheads is a deep dive into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in ways you've never heard before. From the early comic days to the current Nick show, nothing is off limits. Jeff from the Warp Zone Arcade joins me to binge watch and power read through a comprehensive library of TMNT fandom. Check Shellheads out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. For more details, visit realitybreached.com. I hope you enjoyed my discussion with Sergio from Reality Breached. Before I get out of here, I have to talk a bit about Avengers Endgame, which is returning to theaters with new post-credit scenes. Is it a shameless attempt to secure the number one grossing movie of all time slot? Of course it is. Am I opposed to it? Of course I'm not. Avatar isn't nearly as great a film as Endgame, and it did the exact same thing to get the number one spot. I hope Endgame gets the revenue it needed to put itself over the top and we get that overrated Fern Gully Pocahontas remake out of here. I just want to take the time out to thank the Morrison James Company for sponsoring the show. Remember to visit their site at morrisonjamesshop.com and use the code GEEKEDOUT, that's G-E-E-K-E-D-O-U-T, to get 15% off your order. Next, I want to shout out Bradmore Realty. If you're looking to purchase a new home in Jackson or the surrounding areas, contact Bradmore Realty on Facebook or on their website at www.bradmoorealty.com. That's www.bradmoorealty.com. Uh, shout out to my resident DJ, DJ Lil Walt. Make sure you go to SoundCloud, look him up, check out his mixes. He has the best mixes for me. You know, I mean, he's a good friend of mine as well. But as far as mixes are concerned, I mean, he's he's a savage out here. I was driving home from uh, Georgia this past weekend, and I was listening to his Drew Hill mix, and it's pitch perfect. I mean, seriously. And I'm not even a big Drew Hill fan, but... Me and my wife, we loved it. Uh, also, I wanted to shout out the maestro of my madness, Dunchy Did It. I mean, at this point, y'all know, listening to the music on my show, he's the beat god. And I would be remiss if I didn't tell you all. Look, go check out more of his music. I mean, the dude is a genius. You can check him out on SoundCloud. At Dunchy Did It, that's D-O-N-C-H-E-D-I-D-I-T. Once again, Don't You Did It on SoundCloud. Check my boy out. And like always, follow me on Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, that's The Unapologetic Geek, of course. And on Instagram, it's The Underscore Unapologetic Underscore Geek. And until next time, this is your host, Jarius The Unapologetic Geek. And you have been listening to The Unapologetic Experience. I'm out.